millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. And you join us here in the aftermath of Sunderland's 3-3 draw with Accrington. And uh, we're looking ahead to to the Blackpool game as well today. So loads of fun and games. Accrington and Blackpool. I was I was kind of hoping after three years at this level we might be past playing teams like Accrington and Blackpool. Um, but unfortunately we can't even beat Accrington, which I'm going to discuss today with Craig. How are we doing, mate? Miserable. Miserable? Because we can't beat Blackpool either. We couldn't beat them <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks back, could we? So. Yeah. Uh, no, I think all things considered, it's been a couple of days since since obviously Saturday now. Um, I'm pleased that I wasn't on the reaction pod or discussed anything afterwards because I was fuming. But uh, I don't know. I think I've just kind of resigned myself to being in the playoffs now. So all things considered, I'm just I'm just expecting the season to sort of peter out, get mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and then just kind of kick on from there. But we'll see. I, I kind of zoned out of the game to be honest. I I can understand why people were fuming. But I allowed myself the opportunity to just chill for once. I, I wasn't editing on the website. I wasn't doing a podcast. So I just sat with a few beers watching the game. And although I was fuming, to be fair, I was, that we threw it away. Um, I'm st- I am can't shift this mentality I've got at the minute, which is that eventually things will be all right. So while short term, it's a big problem that we've, we've fell out of the, the habit of winning. We've sort of... Lost our touch a little bit. We can't defend anymore. The keepers went to shit. This, there's, there's a million things wrong right now, but I'm still sort of in that zone where it, I'm, I'm not worried because I think whatever happens, whether we go up through the playoffs, whether we don't, and we'll just we'll go on to discuss this in a little bit more detail. But whatever happens from here on in, I'm actually I'm I'm pretty pretty hopeful that things are going to be good at Sunderland. Um, so. So I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing you know me toys out the pram just yet and that's probably the first thing I'll come to before we actually go into the performance. Um, we've had a we've had a question from uh, on Twitter from Owen Sarah Five, who's asked thoughts on the Johnson Out Brigade. Good point to start on I think because this is interesting. There seems to have been a few people online. Um, I noticed a couple on Instagram and Twitter and stuff sort of throwing around the Johnson out thing. Can we just kill that stone dead right now? Like that's people really need to get real, don't they? With this, it's like the guy's not come. He's not a miracle worker. All right, we're going through a little bit of a rocky patch at the minute, but anybody who thinks we need another change of manager at Sunderland is just I, I just don't get it. 
I can't get my head around anybody who's in that mind space. I think, I mean, my takeaway from it is like people are wanting an inquest now off the back of yeah, the past exactly, few results. Yeah. And I think it's like they've just forgot like what's going on here. And in my sort of view of it is, and it's not an attempt, by the way, to dredge up like last year's old battles or anything, but if there's anyone to blame for like our current position and sort of like the mentality or mood around the club, it still for me remains with Stuart Donald. Like, you know, we've been a structuralist mess under his time here. We've gone through like a period of mismanagement from him yeah. and everybody involved with his mates to beyond negligent levels. Bob Murray was on Total Sport in the week and that certainly brought up a lot of conversation, didn't it? And yeah, perhaps yeah. unsuitable wording aside from him, I think he called it pretty much for the exact kind of mentality and mood around the club that unfortunately we fell into this position where we've had a bunch of chances come in who've ripped the heart and soul out of the club and now we just need to basically try and remain together unified and, and kind of and just kick on again from here yeah i mean look we don't have time to summarize all of the mess in response to that question but if you think in terms of like lee johnson coming in and you cast your memory back to like when the season finished last march we're in our lowest position for 142 years we had six months to prepare for the season and you and i and everybody else knew what short the shortfalls were yeah we knew that we needed to improve in every single area of the squad manager included we were restricted heavily with the salary cap, don't get me wrong, but are you telling me that we couldn't have done better with our recruitment? You know, we brought in Danny Graham, Remy Matthews, mm-hmm. Morgan Feeney, Callum McFadzian, and and if you, if you think of the, of the mess that basically not just Lee Johnson has had to work with, but even Phil Parkinson to defend him ever so slightly, but, you know, we needed to bring bodies in early enough to kick to, to get off to a good start this season. We needed to ensure that they were going to gel, hit the ground running, but instead, we, le- we left our signings the last minute. We arranged three pre-season games. They take the players off furlough as late as they possibly can, leaving us to, to essentially play catch-up in the first few games. We're drawn with Bristol Rovers. Charlton were a basket case, and we're going draw with them where we should have took maximum points. And, I, look, I, I appreciate, you know, people are frustrated, and I'm with them. I'm pissed off. I'm absolutely fucking sick to the back teeth of not being able to, say, beat Accurate and Stanley at home or beat Blackpool, as you've mentioned, but we're here on Merris, and that's because we've regressed big style and it is going to take a long time to recover from. I like Lee Johnson. His interviews might not be for everybody, but you know what? Who cares? You can forgive that when you're winning games. But fucking hell, it's like you said, he's got a difficult enough job as it is, and although he hasn't done always the right things, but he deserves a little bit better than getting called out by like these Instagram accounts, like tagging yeah. Kira Louis-Dreyfusin and stuff like that. He's took a sluggish squad who looks almost certain he's to finish outside the playoffs. He's galvanised them, but went on an excellent run. He's won us a trophy. It's a shit one, admittedly, but we've won it. Yeah. And yeah, look, the past kind of couple of weeks will look like the batteries have ran out ever so slightly. But look what he's got to work with. You know, we've we've gone for four, five months now with a back line changing every single week. Yeah. We've got a squad full of limited footballers. We've ground out enough results to put us in a position where, although the batteries look like they're running out, we're still going to be on course to finish in our highest position since coming to this level, which is mental, really. And, you know, people can talk about points per game, this, that and the other, but look, there's still plenty of time left for Lee Johnson to fix this. Get the time for the injured lads to come back in. We've went on one run before, we can do it again. Yeah. So absolutely no chance should we be shouting for this manager. We know where the problems are. It's bigger problems. They're going to yeah. take an eternity to fix. But just fucking hell, just just give them a chance to sort it out. Yeah, John Edward Bagnell's asked off the back of that question, which I just read out, if we don't go up this season, is Johnson the man to rebuild and take us up? I think 
it's a very simple answer. Of course he is. I just we are we we. I'm not expecting everybody to think like me, but I think the majority of people probably share my line of thinking on this. In that, the club when it was taken over by Kirill Louis Dreyfus, we all agreed we want a long term plan to buy into. This manager was all right. He was appointed by Donald technically, but obviously Kirill was involved in that, and he was appointed with what we're seeing now in mind, like. They're trying to enact a long-term plan. You don't just sack a manager off the back. Like his his remit was never to come in and get us promoted. I don't think. I mean, they might have said, they, they might they might have discussed it, and they've probably certainly said, you know, get us into a position where we can still get promoted. And we, you know, as of recording, we're in a very good position. So I sort of resent talking about the season as though it's over because it isn't. Yeah. People, that's that's half my problem at the minute. Is that when I like, I've seen like people out and about talking to people, and they're, they're sort of talking like the season's done and dusted already, and it's like the playoffs is a booby prize or something, and it isn't. You know, I know, I know, our says- record's terrible in playoffs, but our record at Wembley's been terrible, and we already managed to put that to bed this season. So people shouldn't fear the playoffs, regardless of who we play. You know, I think I, I've said this a few times this week to people, but all right, the last four or five. Games have been pretty poor, but if you'd said to me after that Wigan game when Johnson took over with like what four hours notice, if you turned around and said you're going to be third with four games to go, I would have fucking snapped your arm off for it. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. to be, we have to stop thinking like the world's going to end because Sunderland have lost a few games. God knows we've got used to losing at this club. Like we know what losing feels like. People saying the butlers, people saying that they've. The you know I had a guy on Twitter today, and this this isn't a, I read this out in the last a similar themed question out on the last pod. I had a guy on Twitter today telling us that because the the media leaked a story about the potential transfer budget next season, that it's obviously affecting the players. And ever since that article came out, the players have have not tried as hard. Load of shit. People have got to realize these are professional. This is what they do day in day out. They've devoted their lives to being professional footballers from being kids, and it's not like the, it's not like you know like a Balotelli situation at the top of the game where he's got so much money, you, you know his focus shifts. These lads are all right; they run very good money, and they've got brilliant lifestyles, and they've got every need catered. They were a fantastic club, but that desire to win a game of football doesn't leave them. You know they're not they're not doing that. They're not fucking up on purpose. Lee, Lee Burgess and flying off his line and letting one fly over his head, and you know. Not getting near a free kick when we're three two up and stuff. He's not doing that because he wants us to not go up, or you know, you know what I mean. It's like the conspiracy theories on this need to stop. We just need to like collectively as a fan base take stock of where we are. We would have took this position. I can guarantee it. We would have took this position in December. So embrace the fact that we've got the playoffs coming up instead of moping and sulking and. And sort of like reading too much in the last handful of games. We've still got a good team. The manager is clearly doing a good job, or he wouldn't have got us into this position. And just you know, try and be a bit more optimistic and and less pessimistic about what's to come. And if we don't go up, then don't you know think it's the end of the world because it might have been the end of the world with Stuart Donald as the owner because they were already stripping the club back to the bare bones. But this owner is going to invest regardless of what league we're in next season. And all right, we don't want to be in League One, but you know, if we are, we are. Just sort of like get on with it, you know. 
it's not a disaster. And I, I'm not I'm not trying to like single certain people out or sort of make an example of fans who who are speaking out against what's going on or the results because you've been through an absolute load of shit just like I have just like you have Craig the fans have been through a load of shit we're embarrassed to be playing League One football and I totally get it I totally get why fans are sick to the back teeth of playing in League One and don't want another season at this level but I think we just got to put our big boy pants on and 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 sort of look at where we are and sort of be reassured by the fact that this isn't the end of the world if 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 push comes to shove and we don't get promoted. But at the same time, stop talking about the playoffs like it's a disease, like it's a plague. Sort of embrace the situation we're in because we're, they're going to need our support. Whether we're, we're not going to be there in purpose in person, but they need they need our support. They say they're saying everything we're saying online. The sort of the mood of the fan base carried us through that fantastic run that we went on, and that needs to continue. You know. Just because we've hit a bump in the road, we can't we can't just, you know we can't we can't give up on, on them or the manager. Um but yeah. I, I, that was a long old rant by me, but I just need <laughs> I need to get that out. I'm I'm just I want people to sort of think along the same lines as me. I'm 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 not saying that everything's great and that we should just ignore the last five results or whatever it's been. But we have to like, I think, collectively come together on this and be like we need to we need to sort of back the team as much as we possibly can from this stage, and let the inquest. You mentioned the word inquest before. Let the inquest start in the summer, not now. You know, once everything's said and done. I will flip over to some more of the Twitter questions. Actually, we'll talk about the defence, Craig. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I put a tweet out yesterday uh, and this morning about the amount of appearances made by each defender in in Sunderland squad and pretty much across the board. I don't think. I think more than two or three players have played in just over half of the game so far, um, which sort of highlights the problem that Sunderland have had now probably you know throughout the season. We're playing Luke O'Nine centre-half, we're playing Max Power right-back quite a lot. We don't have Dion Sanderson, we don't have Jordan Willis, we've, we, we've, we haven't had Jamaj Lee at all this season, who Lee Johnson this week came out and said statistically is the best defender in League One. You know, based on his data, he would have been the best defender in League One this season, apparently. We haven't had him. Tom Flanagan's missed a lot of football this year. Conor McLaughlin's missed a lot of football this year. And he's our only right-back, actual right-back. Denver Hume's missed a lot of football this year. I mean, Callum McFadden was basically signed as backup and he's played more than anybody at left-back. Are we starting to see those problems sort of surface now, do you think? Is this... Is this and and, and is, is that maybe the root cause of the of the drop off we're seeing because it does feel like we went from being you know very very solid to this which is conceding three goals at home at Ringman. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think it's tough to single out Luke or nine because if you ask anyone for an appraisal on what he offers us as a positive, is that he will do absolutely anything for us, yeah. and that is perhaps to his own detriment at times because he has played. Left centre back, left back, right back, midfield. He's played everywhere for us this season, and his attitude is absolutely exceptional. But unfortunately, he's fallen short at the minute, and that's because it's not his natural position. He's playing alongside at the minute, like Bailey Wright. He's not even half fit, is he? And we've just quite simply got no one else to play there. But I think it's apparent that they simply cannot play together. Them two, um, yeah. they they looked at like sixes and sevens, 
um, a good few times where they were getting ran at and people are going to target them, they are going to exploit them. But I think looking at the bigger picture is what else can we do? Yeah. Because if do you we think, don't do you have... think Bailey Wright's fit? No, no, not even remotely he, close. Yeah. I don't even think he's anywhere near 50%. But like I said, I think it's just because there is, there's just nothing else there. And I know people will argue about younger, but look, it could just be equally as dangerous to throw him in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about him. We've had a couple of questions on Twitter. Jason Beatty asked, uh, what do you think can be done to restore confidence in the defence? And do you think it's worth throwing younger into a back three? And... um. Robert Armstrong's asked what why the reluctance to play younger he is older than Sanderson after all. Um I feel like if they're gonna do it, it it needs to happen Tuesday night because that lad needs to have the last what we've got now, three games left? Three. Yeah, three yeah. games. If he's gonna play any part in the playoffs, he needs to play the next three games to at least show he can do it. I I'll be honest, um I think we should do it. I, I really do. I I just think you've just nailed it there, like Wright and O nine can't play it together. Um I think O nine since before to be fair, before Sanderson got injured, Luke O nine struggled a little bit, I think. And he and I am not picking on him. And I, I certainly wouldn't criticize him for that because he isn't a centre half and he does his best and he throws himself into any situation he's he's asked to, to deal with and, you know, does fairly well. I just think we should probably look at younger now I mean what can we we're pretty much it's going to take some catastrophic fuck up for us not to qualify for the playoffs at this stage what have we got to lose in giving the kid a chance you know we know we know that we know what O'Neill can do you know if O'Neill didn't play another game at centre half till the playoff semi-final he would still be able to do it do you know what I mean whereas we need to see if younger is capable I think Um, and if he isn't you know he might play crap on Tuesday night and he might take him out I think I, I think I listened to Lee Johnson talk about him uh, on on the radio, and he said that he he thinks the best role for him is on the right of a three. So just to go back to Jason's question, would you put him into a three? It might be the best thing to do um, to perhaps offer a little bit more protection. Yeah. If you're going to put Bailey Wright and Luke O'Neill alongside, obviously Denver Hume looks like he's got the the starting left hand side position back, and he can get forward and get back quick enough. So possibly the concern like i said that i've got is he, like he is vastly inexperienced i think he started the rochdale game at right back and I'm, i think he might have come off at half time or just thereafter so it, it's always going to be risky but uh, i guess like you said at this stage what really do we have to lose it is going to take like a colossal sort of fuck up really from here that we don't get into we'd, the have, we'd have to lose every game wouldn't we yeah and i think i think on the balance yeah. of probability it's reasonable to suggest that we're probably going to have a difficult game against blackpool but we should be winning the last two yeah regardless of conceding goals we still should be going and outscoring plymouth and northampton mm-hmm. so yeah why not i mean if it's the case that it's just going to get them up to speed because look at our in, in injury record as it as it stands i mean christ but I don't think anybody in English football besides maybe Liverpool's had the defensive sort of frailties that we've had this season in terms of numbers that are out. And, you know, McLaughlin, we don't know if he's going to be due back. He's he's had setback after setback. So, you know, what what else can you do, really? You take your chance with it, I suppose. Yeah. Tom Mason's asked a question about refs. So we didn't actually... I, I, I thought I'd bring this up because we didn't actually touch on it in the ratings pod on Tuesday about how bad the referee was. Um, it does seem like we get poor refs pretty much all the time, doesn't it? But the the caveat to that is that 
when you're winning games, you you don't care about how bad the referees done. You know, if you if you if you're if you're getting the better of the of the bad decisions or the you know you the referees um fucking up, but you you're still going out and winning a game. You're not then sitting after the match talking about the referee. It does sort of feel sometimes like we're looking for excuses when we start blaming yeah. referees because at the end of the day we're in League One. We're not getting the we're not getting the creme de la creme, but um, you know, we did get the benefit of a decent decision against Hull. I think I think after I think uh, Grant McCann came out didn't he and said that the the referees board had apologised for the for the penalty decision, the one from which uh, Ledbetter scored. So. Like I say, I think although yeah, the refs aren't great. What can what, what can you really do and say about it? You know, I mean, the re- I watch I watch refs in the Premier League who are shite. It's like, my that's it. I was gonna say. That, I mean, if you look throughout all divisions, they're pretty much all consistently poor, and I think VAR's highlighted that so many times this season. Um, mm. the only decision really for for Saturday that I thought could be questioned, or at least the one I can remember off the top of my head, is when um when there was the the handball. And then he blew for it and then give it their way for the free kick, which, you know, eventually they, they scored from. I, I thought that was a decision that should have went our way. But beyond that, I can't really think of anything to single out. And and, mm. and even then, yeah, okay, you know, perhaps if we get the free kick, they, they don't come up the other end. But I still think, realistically speaking, when a team is like 75 yards away from your goal, you know, you shouldn't be conceding from that position. So we only have ourselves to blame, really, for that. And whilst I'm happy to stick the boot into most referees, I've, I don't think there was much wrong over the past week. Yeah. Um, right, let's quickly... I just want to quickly look at the form table. It's not grid viewing. Like, we're, we're third bottom of the form table at the minute. Um, if you look further up, 12th place, there's Blackpool, who we're playing next. Blackpool, um, we played them a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was a funny game. We got beat, but I don't think we played poorly, to be fair. Um, it's it's like this game is probably more important for Blackpool than it is us, I guess, because they're just inside the playoffs. And if you look just below Blackpool, there's Portsmouth on the same amount of points, but one less game played. Charlton are sort of, I think Blackpool would have well, Charlton got beaten, and then Blackpool yeah. are probably thankful for that because Charlton have been on a great run. And then just sneaking up under them are MK Dons who. <laughs> Will Griggs scored four goals for at the weekend. Um, Blackpool, it, yeah, I think there's a lot more resting on this for them, isn't there? I mean, they win this game, and it puts them one point behind Sunderland. Sorry, two points behind Sunderland with a game in hand. Um, so I don't know. I know I've just said there about maybe bringing in younger. I don't think it's a huge risk, but I mean, are we, have we got to be cautious here that these are going to? Especially after beating us just, you know, what last week. We have to be pretty cautious, don't we? Like, we don't we don't take our foot off the pedal, I think. We have to try and analyse what went right in the in the game at the weekend and draw on the fact we managed to score three goals, draw on the fact that Charlie White got two two of them. Um draw on the fact that we we started so well. Try and patch the defence up as best we can and and win the game. We need to win. We need to st- that's the big thing for me. I mean, we know our fate is pretty much sealed. We're going to be pretty much... It's going to take, like we said, a catastrophe for Sunderland not to finish inside the playoffs. So we 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 need to get back in the habit of winning, don't we? Especially now. Like, this is a big game against a team we could end up playing in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest with you, they're another team where I don't really fear them that much. Everybody talk. I know they beat us over a week yeah. or so ago, but I mean, let's be honest, it was a, it was like individual errors that cost us in that game. And the big thing that Sunderland like, aren't doing great at the moment is we're not responding well to setbacks. But yeah. that game, it was pretty much like the Akriton game. You start off bright, we showed a bit of character, there was desire from people to get on the ball. And admittedly, although we didn't create like an awful loss, you know, if it, you you would look at that and think, if there was going to be one side to win that game, it would have been Sunderland. And then yeah. when, once McGeady hits the inside of the post, you're like, right, we're in the ascendancy here. Let's get back at them, show a bit of intent. And then Sunderland being Sunderland, they went up the other end and scored within 60 seconds. But I think even after that, they didn't really do an awful lot to threaten us. I'd fancy us, if we had to play them in the playoffs over two legs, I would fancy us yeah. to, to go and get a result down there, whether it's a draw or whatever. But... Eh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? We've now got we've got to get the mentality right again within this squad. Got to get them believing again because at the moment, look, we've got no one to blame but ourselves, really. Yeah. What's what's missing? Do you think? What 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 you talking about mentality there? What's missing? Uh, I think I don't know. There's there's this kind of thing at Sunderland, isn't there? And it's been like history repeating itself. Where if something goes wrong, it just seems to like swallow them up, and it doesn't yeah. matter what Sunderland side you've watched. It just seems to be the same thing over and over again. And you'll always hear the same sort of cliched rubbish from managers like, oh, there's a big problem at this football club, this, that and the other. But I don't know. I mean, you know, when th- everything was going right, the mood was great. The players were all on social media. They're all having a laugh, videoing themselves, this, that and the other. And the fans mirrored that. You know, we were all loving it. Everybody was tweeting them, this, that and the other. I think in all honesty, an advantage that they they really missed this season is having us be like behind them. Yeah. If you've got three, yeah. 4,000 backing us down at Blackpool the other week, roaring them on. I think they would have fancied it. I think they would have fancied it most places. But I think I think we need the rub of the green to go away a little bit. I mean, you look at the daft mistakes in the Akron game, we're on top. Like once we've scored two goals and you're you know, you're you're flying on twenty minutes at that point, you're just looking and going, right, this is gonna be just one of those afternoons where it's fairly routine, it's a comfortable win, we're in complete control, but we're just not putting games to bed. Mm. And that's where obviously Peterborough and Hull have done the complete opposite of us and that's why they've got promoted yeah we've got that recurring problem where i think once we concede a goal the heads go down and you've seen that when um i think it was colby bishop who scored the first goal for yeah, yeah. as soon as he scored you just knew there that um that like a rot was setting in and all of a mm. sudden we start to panic that those mental frailties come in they don't do the simple things right we start to look a little bit weary um devoid of ideas and I think what they need to remember, and it's worth remembering for all of us, is that this is the same side who started the season not great. We're currently not in great form at the moment. But, like, we turned it round. We had that 13-14 game spell. So they need that belief again. Yeah. So I think if we can just kind of disregard those fixtures and say, like, look, it's done, it's fine. Whatever you say, whether we're bottled it or not. But between now and the end of the season, we've got three games remaining in the league, a minimum of two games in the playoffs, Let's just take them one game at a time, um, yeah. and just basically go back to doing the basics. Mm. It's interesting. D three, D four football put out a, a a graphic with uh, points won against the top eight in League One, like sort of a table. Sunderland are um, we we've taken twenty points from thirteen games against top eight sides. Blackpool have taken twenty seven from thirteen. So it. It's going to be interesting because both teams have got good records against decent teams. I mean, we I can sort of disregard that game the other week. It's a totally different game, this obviously. And we 
for me, we just have to. Johnson's got a. This is the probably the toughest spot he's been in, I think, since he came in because he's he's past that stage where he's had to mould the team, but he's now at the point where he's like, well, I'm actually looking for the answers to questions in terms of defence, and I don't have like the tools at me at my disposal to do what I need to do, which is, you know, under normal circumstances, you would you wouldn't be playing Bailey, right? You wouldn't be playing Luke O'Neill. So he has to just deal with it and. I would like him to turn that into a strength if possible. Like sort of look at it and think, well, okay, we we are up against it, but you know, it's us against the world, you know. Let's let's take that mentality and turn it on its head. And instead of feeling sorry for ourselves, let's let's embrace it. Like just just do what you're good at, which is being good football. Like Bailey Wright has played played like hundreds of games in the championship. Luke O'Neill is Certainly destined for a higher level in League One. It might only be the championship, but he's a good footballer. You know, the, these players are, are better than than they've shown in the last few games, and the man the manager just has to sort of show them that and say, "Look, you're, you're good footballers. You know, you you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about that. Like, don't don't let self doubt creep creep in. You you're, you're good footballers. You know, even the best footballers in the world, David de Gea, has." probably a highlight reel 10 minutes long of Ricks he's made in his career he's still one of the best goalkeepers in the world yeah you know good players have bad days and 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 it's the same of league one players and we just have to sort of take that and remember that and say look draw a line under it don't worry about it you know you're, you're going you're going to play a blackpool team who who like i've just said have probably got more riding on this game than we have let's spoil the party or at the very worst, you know, let's remind them of how good we are because we might end up playing them over two legs in the playoffs, and we and, and psychologically that could be huge. So you know, let's try and take these negatives and turn them into positives. And it's a, it's a, it is a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But he's got to do it. I think now we've got to be looking at this and and understandably have a look and think. There is a lot of fans out there from other teams in League One who are desperate to see Sunderland sort of fail and stutter. Mm. We've got that sort of swagger about ourselves. And then we're seeing like Carl Robinson moaning on after the Oxford game. And we were like favourites then to go up. And he was saying, oh, well, you know, we could see them in the playoffs, this, that and the other. And I think obviously we mentioned people like D3, D4 or not the top 20 and stuff like that. Now, granted, they watch a lot of League One football, so they'll perhaps know more about other teams than we will. But I think deep down they'll be looking for like an underdog to go up because it's a more romanticised story, isn't it? Everybody yeah. liked it when Wickham went up last season. And if you think next season where you could potentially have League One with Sunderland, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, Derby County, stuff like that, I, I think there's a lot of people who will want to see Sunderland falter and fuck up at the final hurdle. So mm. if I was Lee Johnson, I'd be telling them that. I'd be saying, look, there's a lot of people out there who've wrote you off who think that you're not good enough to play for this football club, but I think you're good enough to play for them. And I think he touched on that a little bit to say that people may be walking around the place as if they don't belong there or they don't fit there. I think it's fair to, to say that you could probably name a couple of them who maybe don't have that belief. But they've turned in 20, 30 or performances for us so far this season. And granted, the form hasn't always been great, but we're third. We're third with three games to go on. And although, yeah, we would have liked to have blown the league away, but there's still so much to play for. So even though, yeah, you read on Twitter or Facebook and they're like, it's finished with, it's over. It's not. It's not over with. Because let's say that we go into the playoffs and win our first game. 
I don't know whether it's home or away, just like the Portsmouth game a couple of years ago, you win that first game and then you go into the second leg, you're full of confidence and then all of a sudden you get to Wembley, do you then turn around and go, oh, why that's it, the season's a write-off because we don't do well in playoff finals. You get that belief going about you again. Yeah. And you've got, and I think that's where we need to get to as a collective. And look, like I said, I appreciate everybody's frustrations and stuff like that, but I think now is the time where we desperately need to change the mood between fans, players, staff alike, get it done quickly. And uh, and who knows, a couple of weeks from now, I'm still pretty confident about it, but I think we'll be here a few weeks from now talking about promotion. I agree with you. I've, I've, I've said this over and over repeatedly, week on week on this podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to write them off, and I don't think any of us should be. I mean, just think about the, the, the whole notion of just writing the season off. Like, what good does it do? I mean, if, if we were talking about a team 15, 20 games in who were 14th in the table, then I think it's safe to say, you know, it's going to take a bit of an effort to to turn your season around from that point. But we're not. We're third. We're going to be in the playoffs. And people just need to embrace it and sort of it, it be fans. Be fans. Be Show what being a fan is. Show what being a supporter is. Like, there is a time for an inquest and it ain't now. Those, I'm telling you, more than ever now, they need us, and we can't be there in person. We we can only do so much. But having having a positive mentality and and sort of like I say, looking at the situation. I just said it before about embracing the the fact that you know we might have all these problems, but let's embrace it. That's the way the fans have got to look at it too. We've got to kind of just look at it and say, our shot at promotion may well be the playoffs, but let's take it. Like don't don't dwell on it. Don't worry about it. Don't. Don't don't look at it like it like it's a disease or a plague. Think of it as an opportunity because I tell you for something, you look at the other teams challenging for those spots, they aren't gonna think about the playoffs as a booby prize. They're gonna be thinking of it as a massive opportunity for their team to get out of the out of the league. And Blackpool are one of those teams. You know, Blackpool probably what in the last twenty years I think they played what, two league two two seasons maybe in the top flight, one season in the top flight. So um Traditionally speaking, on a on a high uh, performing club, they, they haven't spent a lot of years in the championship recently. I would say so. They're they're going to be really up for it, and it's about matching that sort of passion and having having the same want to to win. Because that was one thing I heard when Nick Barnes interviewed Lee Johnson after the game. He 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 sort of touched on the fact that Accrington maybe wanted it a little bit more in the end, and I think they did. I think they did, and that's a hurdle that the players have to now get over. They've got three games left, and this is a this next one is a case of this is a team you could end up playing. It could be Sunderland and Blackpool in the final. It could be Sunderland and Blackpool in the in the semis. Uh, this is a team who want to win promotion just as badly as we do. Deep down, every one of them players is desperate for this club to get promoted. Realize that. Use that. Be hungry. You know, draw on the experience in the squad. People like McGeady, people like Ledbetter, who who have played at a very high level, draw on their experience, galvanize a positive team spirit, and and just win, win the next three games because it's not difficult. We've we've done it. We've been on long runs of winning games already this season, and there's no reason why we can't do it again. Um, certainly in the last three games, we, for me, it's just about sort of calming down, taking stock, thinking about thinking about. The, you know what could be, rather than talking about the playoffs and talking about where we are now is is a death sentence because it isn't, 
and it won't be. And Sunderland fans just have to remember remember that going into this Blackpool game for me because if we're not positive and we don't we don't allow that sort of positive feeling, I'm a big big believer in that carrying through. Like Lee Johnson's tried his best to drum up a sort of um, you know like a positive aura, uh, you know. The way he talks to people, the way he talks to his players and stuff, you get the feeling that he's the type of bloke who's always chirpy, always buzzing around the place. We we have to do our bit in that sense and, and try and be just as positive. And if that means sort of ignoring some of the frailties of the team for the greater good, then I say we do it. Because I'm certainly doing that right now. I could sit here pissing and moaning about everything. I mean, I did it last week with Callum McFadden. Like, slated the lad and I feel bad for it now. But he was crap, to be fair, Mike. But we... It's it, there is no merit in that at this stage with three games to go. We we have to just take stock, and when we if we get beat on Tuesday night, then then just try not to like overreact. I guess because it's not that's not our fate sealed. You know, if come game forty six, Sunderland are still in the playoff positions, we're going to be playing at least two extra games, and that is when it becomes important. Not now. But yeah, yeah, my I'm with you. Yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent with you. Um, and you know, history tells you that I think at this stage of the season you're going to get like mad results thrown up. Yeah. And I think the the Akron game it kind of played out like that that end of season sort of clash where it was just literally anything could happen. But it's a lottery, isn't it? I mean, Christ, I remember going back to like 2015, and uh, my missus, she's a Preston fan. And they went in like full of confidence in the final day of the season and they needed to beat uh, Colchester away from home who was scrapping at the bottom of the table. Similarities of basically Sunderland going uh, to Southend under Jack Ross. And they got beat 1-0. All of the fan base pissing and moaning. That's it. Preston don't do the playoffs this, that and the other. And they end up beating Swindon 4-0 in the playoff final. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it can happen. I think, I think it's one of those things where if you continue to carry the baggage with you, exactly like you've said, then... You're just kind of setting yourself up to fail. But ideally, I'd like to think at this point that the players have just sort of forgot about us. They're probably going to need between now and um, and obviously that time going into the playoffs, maybe a little bit of time away there to sort of, you know, reset themselves, recharge the batteries, spend a bit of quality time with the family and then and then just go all guns blazing because, um, you know, it's a big opportunity. We're looking at the possibility of being in the ground um, in August time, obviously COVID pending, but... What what sort of message is that for the you know for the the lads who are determined to secure a contract now? You can go on the opening day of the season. We could potentially be kicking off against a side no disrespect like Accrington Stanley, or we could potentially be kicking off against a side who's just come out you know from the Premier League, big crowd, the stadium lights, yeah. everybody's back together again. So they've got a lot to play for. It's not just promotion or you know securing our our place in the playoffs. They're playing for the future now. Yeah, and. You know, there's been a lot of sort of things thrown at them, bottlers, this, that, and the other. It's a squad full of a lot of limitations. I think they're doing the best they can. And I think at the, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is over the course of the past six weeks, yeah, okay, Rob might have set in a little bit, but we can shake that off. Christ, we didn't think we'd be finishing third after that uh, that game down Shrewsbury Town, did we, back in February and March time. So we can, we can do it again, I'm confident. So the hope that kills you, but... Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. Like I say, we'll, we'll still be here to... To slag them all off when, when they're fucking up. Nah, nah, seriously though. We're, we're going to be fine, I'm sure we are. And like I say, I just hope that hope that message gets across to people. We just have to sort of take stock and I think it will. I think the majority of people are remaining level-headed. I just think it's the it's the minority that 
of people who are sort of used to being embroiled in drama with Sunderland, who who are maybe not taking this as well as the rest of us. And I think um, you know, that's no fault on their part. They're just they're, they're very passionate about the club and they want Sunderland they want Sunderland to succeed and when it, it is frustrating when you see things not working, but you know it's kind of our job as a fan base to come together and, and try and do the, the number one thing that we do well, which is back our team and support them when they need us most and that's right now certainly. Um like I say, Blackpool Blackpool a formidable opponent and uh, we will be back after that game with the player ratings, of course. So um, make sure you check that out. Be be sure to check out the website through the week. Although we will be going silent at, uh, at the weekend, won't we, Craig? To uh, yes. show a little bit of solidarity with the other AFL clubs and, of course, Sunderland, who announced that they would also be going silent on social media during the uh, the period of where there's actually games. I think that's from Friday to Monday. Um, We'll be joining in with that because it's to highlight a massive problem, a problem of abuse, a problem with social media generally, really, which is that, you know, people don't always think before they tweet. I've been guilty of it, I'm sure we all have, but it's a it's a worthwhile cause, a worthwhile message, and we'll certainly be back in that. So if you wonder why we go silent next weekend, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, literature out there to try and uh, get your head around the campaign and what it means and ultimately why everybody's joining it and and backing it because it, it is a very worthwhile message we're trying to put across. So yeah, anyways, we will be back, yes, like I say, after the Blackpool game, so make sure you join us back here at the Rotor Report and we will uh, catch you all later. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.